0: And welcome back, or if you're just joining us for the first time, then I guess just welcome. You are listening to the Virtually Legal podcast, and my name is Molly McKenna. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different from what we've done previously. It's going to be what Abby and I have coined a commercial digest episode. So basically every five episodes, Abby and I are going to pick a commercial topic or news story that interests us and come on here to chat to you guys about it. So we decided that because they're going to be a little bit more content heavy than our other episodes and maybe perhaps a little bit less conversational, that we would just take it in turns to record them by ourselves. So pull up a pew, sit back and I hope you enjoy. This week's topic is going to be the future of fashion. So my interest in the retail industry started about a year ago when I was asked to do a presentation as part of a training contract application. Um the title was just talk about something that interests you so the topic i chose at the time was fast fashion but since then that interest has kind of evolved into an interest in the retail industry more generally i actually think this is quite a good example of when someone says oh uh, like you really need to improve your commercial awareness or commercial awareness is something that law firms really look for and it can be really easy to think oh god, where do I even start? Like, I don't know how to get to grips with something that's so mammoth. But it's a really nice idea to just pick one topic that you find interesting and start from there. Because one of the good things about law is that it's so interconnected that you'll really quickly see that single interest spider off into loads of different things that you hadn't previously thought of. And that's how you kind of start to broaden your commercial awareness, I think. So it is a bit of an age-old interview and application question, you know, tell us about a recent news story that's interested you. And I think it often trips students up. And I think the reason for that and what students are lacking is being able to draw the link between the story that they're interested in, but then the firm that they're applying to more importantly. Um, So this is why I think the term commercially aware isn't actually that helpful, because firms don't just want you to be aware of what's going on, but they want you to be commercially engaged. So today I'm going to start off by giving you an overview of a news story that I've chosen, but then I'm going to try and really hone in on what effect this has and in particular why it might matter to law firms and their clients. I appreciate that this can often be really hard to get to grips with and I myself have definitely found my, in the past like making really tenuous links and trying to draw relevant conclusions, it, like, it's quite a tricky thing to do. Um, So, as we go along, I'll explain a little bit about how I do it um, and how I go about this kind of question and maybe that will give you some kind of inspiration going forward. Then if I haven't bored you completely and you're still listening at the end of the episode, I am going to be announcing a new competition we have coming up, so hold tight because it's definitely worth hanging around for. So today I'm going to be using Boohoo as a bit of a case study to illustrate points about the retail industry. The retail industry itself is so multifaceted and it's evolving so rapidly that it would be really easy for me to just sit here and chat for two hours to you guys about it. But I don't think you want that. And frankly, even I don't like the sound of my own voice that much. So I've narrowed it down to two things and I'm going to use what's been happening with Boohoo recently as a bit of a case study to illustrate these two points. So the first trend I want to talk about is this idea of the high street moving online and our shopping preferences becoming more digitised. So unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know that the high street has been struggling in recent years and these problems have only been exacerbated by COVID-19 and the lockdown. Since the British government closed non-essential shops in mid-March, more than a dozen chains have gone into administration. So that's the likes of Oasis and Warehouse, Laura Ashley, Cath Kidston, and Monsoon to name but a few. I don't know if you're familiar with any of these names, but one thing they all have in common is that they were very reliant on their physical stores. The bricks and mortar strategy has been failing in recent years and COVID has left these physical stores with no income to pay their rent and has sped up what many viewed as an inevitable decline of high street shopping. Even companies that have escaped becoming insolvent are closing stores, so for example, Zara's parent company, Interdex, has announced that Zara will be closing up to 1,200 physical stores. However, companies with a strong online presence have generally seen an increase in sales. So although Zara is closing stores, it's actually seen a 50% rise in online sales and predicts that online sales will represent more than a quarter of its total sales by 2022, compared to only 14% at the end of 2019. So what we can observe from this is the general trend of consumers preferring to shop online. So start to think about why this might be. For example, there's loads of different ways to pay online now um, and that makes paying really, really easy and straightforward and also quite fast. There's also a lot more targeted marketing and often a much wider range of pieces to choose from. But how does Boohoo actually fit into this trend? So, Boohoo is a clothing retailer that operates completely online and it's really been able to capitalize on this business strategy over the lockdown period because it hasn't been bogged down by the cost of maintaining unprofitable physical stores. On the contrary, in May it was actually able to raise 198 million from investors to take on acquisition opportunities. It bought the remaining 34% share in Pretty Little Thing. And it recently acquired the distressed assets of Oasis and Warehouse. So Oasis and Warehouse actually have really strong customer bases, but the cost of serving these customers through physical stores really weighed them down. And the switch to Boohoo may see their fortunes change in the future. Boohoo actually has a history of doing this with stores, as it's already done so with Karen Millen and Coast and hopes that these new additions to its portfolio will increase its total revenue by 25% at the end of this year. So as we can see, across the retail industry, there's massive disparity. Some, like Boohoo, have really come out on top and are going from strength to strength, while others have succumbed to the pressure of unprofitable business models and the kind of bricks and mortar strategy. But that's enough of giving you a kind of overview of what's going on. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes so you can read more about any of these stories if you wish. But now I kind of want to turn to what I think is the more interesting part, which is why does all of this even matter? And what are the opportunities and impacts for law firms? So as I've already mentioned, one of the reasons online models work so well is because it allows for ease of transactions and the marketing is really, really targeted. Um, Have you ever looked at a top and then like half an hour later you see it advertised back to you on Facebook? Yeah, that's not an accident. In order to do this and to do it well, companies need to harvest loads of data about their customers. But where any kind of data harvesting is involved, GDPR will rear its head. And it's the role of law firms to ensure that companies are staying within the rules in terms of what they're doing with data. So how long they're keeping it and who they're selling it to. There's no point raising really high revenue if your profits are just going to be slashed through fines because you're not conforming to GDPR. Another potential problem with having loads of people's information is what if that information gets leaked or hacked? Does the company have adequate systems in place and insurance to ensure it's able to cover itself if it were hacked? As we've become increasingly reliant on digital markets, it will come as no surprise that the number of sophisticated hacking scandals has also increased. And this is something that law firms and their clients need to be responsive to. Another ramification, which comes from closing physical stalls, is the knock-on effect for employment. Employment departments and law firms have definitely been kept busy over lockdown, from constantly involving advice on furlough and flexible furlough, to making sure that they're conducting redundancy processes fairly and that they aren't opening themselves up to any discrimination claims. So these are just two angles that you could approach this story from. But as I said, law is so interconnected that there's loads of things that I haven't touched upon. So what effect will this have on commercial real estate going forward, for example? Or if a company is going into administration, what are their options in terms of restructuring and insolvency? Start thinking of your own ideas because these will be relevant when I introduce the commercial awareness competition at the end of the episode. And now on to this second half of the episode. So it's definitely not just Boohoo's strong online presence that's allowed it to swim against this economic downturn. Its position as a fast fashion retailer has definitely enabled it to respond quickly to changing consumer demands. And that's going to be the focus of the second half of this episode, fast fashion. Throwback to me doing a presentation on this, this time last year. Boohoo credited its success to its ability to be able to switch between going out clothes to kind of staying in clothes and loungewear because this is where consumer preferences changed as lockdown took hold. So this is a really prime example of the success of fast fashion. I mean, for all its flaws, it is extremely responsive. So fast fashion, if you didn't know, is basically the phenomena in which cheap clothing is rapidly mass-produced by mass market retailers in response to the latest trend. It basically comes off the back of a complete societal shift in which the consumers are really put into the driving seat and retailers are kind of left playing catch up. In the last 15 years, the production of clothing has doubled and fashion is the world's third largest manufacturing industry. In the UK, per person, we buy more clothes than any other country in Europe, but we're also binning these clothes a lot faster as well and research suggests that around 17% of young people said they wouldn't wear an outfit again if it had been photographed on Instagram. And to be honest, with clothing being so cheap, this is an attitude we can afford to have. And Boohoo really feeds into this. So in January 2019, they had nearly 500 dresses available online for less than five pounds, which is just insanity. But how can a company that's selling dresses for under five pounds remain profitable? As we discovered recently, it comes down to short lead times, cheap and environmentally irresponsible practices, and underpaying staff. Although fast fashion is clearly an effective business model, investors and consumers are really waking up to the environmental and human consequences. So you might have seen in the news recently that Standard Life Aberdeen, or SLA, who are the UK's largest listed asset manager, and Werbu, whose biggest shareholder, recently sold off shares in Boohoo worth nearly 80 million, following allegations of poor working conditions and staff being paid below minimum wage at a factory in Leicester that was linked to Boohoo. So SLA slammed Boohoo's, quote, inadequate response to a Sunday Times investigation, which revealed what was going on at the factory. Following this, major retailers such as Next and ASOS cut ties with Boohoo and wiped 1.5 billion off the fashion brand in just two days. But what's the legal impact of all of this? Are fashion companies going to be forced to clean up their act? And is this something that law firms, retail clients, kind of need to be mindful of going forward? Well, we're waiting to see what punishment Boohoo will face for their poor working conditions and malpractice. But fast fashion, more generally, has actually escaped sanctions, and it's unlikely that regulations are going to be put in place to curb the trend. In 2019, the government rejected proposals by the Environmental Audit Committee, which would have forced retailers to take responsibility for the waste they create. This involved really simple things such as prohibiting companies from being able to burn unsold stock. So from my perspective, it was really disappointing to see that the government's um, response or lack thereof. Particularly given the woes of the retail sector at the moment, the government's unlikely to start imposing harsh sanctions and regulations. And in many ways, the industry is left to mark its own homework through voluntary schemes such as SCAP, which is the Sustainable Action Clothing Plan. However, aside from pressure from the government, there is obviously increased pressure from consumers and investors, which might force retailers and manufacturers to change their practices. This might involve things such as reviewing and renegotiating supply chains in order for companies to become more ethical, accountable and transparent. Additionally, it might be a wake-up call for retailers to review their own employment practices and ensure that they're not leaving themselves open to any claims of modern slave labour. So for Boohoo, fast fashion has been a bit of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's allowed them to have really short lead times in production that have enabled them to be really responsive and come out on top during lockdown. However, as the reality of this practice has been exposed, investors and other big brands have been quite keen to disassociate themselves, and it'll be interesting to see what Boohoo does to remedy this going forward. How profitable is the fast fashion model in the long term? And now for the part you have all been waiting for. Oh, so exciting! It is competition time, and we are so excited to announce that we have teamed up with Law Careers Net to bring you our very first commercial awareness of competi- competition. So, here's how it's going to work and how you can get involved. We are asking you, lovely lot, to write 300 to 500 words following on from today's episode. As I said at the start, the retail industry is a massive topic and I definitely wouldn't have been able to cover it all. But we want you guys to email us short pieces about a trend right now that you've noticed or perhaps a news story that's caught your attention to do with the retail industry. Importantly, you also need to tie in what this trend or story might mean for firms and their clients. The more creative and specific, the better. You could talk about anything from alternative payment methods, emerging platforms such as Depop, or what will happen to the high street and how will our in-person shopping experiences change. So ourselves and Law Careers Net will judge the entries which you are going to send to virtuallylegalpodcast at gmail.com. We will then choose a winner, or perhaps two, or perhaps three. And if you do win, we're definitely not just going to be giving you a high five for taking part because we are currently organising prizes, which will be in the forms of calls with grad recruitment and trainees from top firms. So watch this space because there is more details to follow on our LinkedIn page. Honestly, what more could you want going into a new recruiting round? To enter, please send your 300 to 500 words to virtuallylegalpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on LinkedIn and to increase your chances, comment on our LinkedIn post tagging a friend. If you have any questions, please let us know. But for now, good luck and we'll see you again in two weeks time.